0: Hello strangers. Welcome to Unbound. My name is Jeff Costello. I'm a lawyer, writer, and occasional entrepreneur.
1: I'm James Robertson, naval and special forces veteran, family guy situated out in the west coast, and just an overall enthusiastic dude.
0: And together we're trying to fearlessly explore issues that matter. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. So uh. James, did you read uh, Ben's Ben Woodfinnan's article this week about um, the creeping <laughs> danger? I guess I'd say the creeping danger of um, what did he call it? Sane washing extremists in Canada and the conservative problem there.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I think um, I think based on events that happened down in the U.S. Uh, and uh, as we record this, this is a number of days after the storming of the Capitol. Um, Obviously, January 12th, yeah, um, there's a lot of introspection going on within uh, the conservative element, and uh, this has been something that has been percolating a little bit uh, in Canada, you know, with uh, figures like uh, uh, one that comes to mind is Derek Sloan. He's one that uh, obviously will say some things there that... uh, you know, definitely raises some eyebrows. Uh, Yeah, I read his article. I thought it was very timely. Uh, There's been a couple other articles uh, in a similar fashion uh, to that. Uh, And not from uh, members of the left or the liberal media. These are actually members of uh, the conservative movement, former members of the conservative party, uh, calling on uh, Canadian conservatives to do better. So, uh, and I think we need more of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I said to you on just us on the phone a couple of days ago that conservatives, it stuck with me because I, I think it was so smart. So I'm just tooting my own horn here. But uh, conservatives love Jordan Peterson and just his you keynote, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. But we are just, conservatives are just the worst about actually cleaning up their own rooms. Like, y- you've got to, you've, you play on the field you sow and uh if you start mucking around with um some semi-white supremacists or semi you know homophobes or people who are talking about you know you know keeping canada just for canadians you know gotta keep canada pure you know you're walking a dangerous line and you gotta own that error you can't just kind of brush that off and be like well it's, you know, it's a wonderful, you know, we, we believe in a diversity of thought.
1: Yeah, free speech, um, uh, that card being played. And you know what, um, that that's fine. Like, yeah, you sure can believe in uh, free speech. Um, but, uh, you know, perhaps you can go and do that as an independent or as a member of a different party. Um, I think, you know, within the Canadian Conservative Party, a uh, party that uh, wants uh, to uh, be in power in canada and um, speak for the majority of families within canada and for its current leader Aaron o'toole to be the prime minister it has to have some deep introspection as to uh what its values are what it stands for and and what is outside of that um you know uh, Aaron O'Toole did that, uh, speech when he, he won his leadership in terms of, you know, if you're, if you're this, if you're that, um, you know, you consider yourself, uh, a conservative and it was a pretty all wide encompassing, uh, marker. It was, it was a good speech. Now I think it's time to kind of live to that. And, and some of those things, you know, that have been coming, coming like it just. It, I guess the phrase is "too cute by half." Is that is that the the correct phrase, phrase Jeff? Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you, you mean. You know, like it's just like it's it's polit- politicians, people kind of playing around with certain messages or, or certain things. Um, maybe kind of riding the tiger a bit, but the tiger can bite, you know. And and uh, I think there's a couple people in the states within the center right. Uh, I'd say more to the right than just centre-right, um, that thought they were uh, being clever, and it blew up in their face royally. Uh, people like uh, Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, they're not looking too favourable right now. And there's certain people, I think, within the Canadian Conservative Movement that really, uh, yeah, I think they, they need to be a little bit more uh, careful and selective of the words, because you know what? Words do matter. And I think uh, Ben points that out in his article. Words do matter. I think
0: that's exactly right. I think the words words brought us to this point. And I'm just—I I guess I'll, I'm going to deviate a little bit because I was—I was really, you know, s- mm. today on on Twitter, you know, in in the hell site, um, mm. the uh, <laughs> everybody was all abuzz because Erno uh, Tool gave an exclusive interview to the Rebel, and then of course. <laughs> People dug into it and it wasn't an exclusive interview. It was, you know, some, some emails by a staffer to, attributed to O'Toole that Ezra Levant pitched together to yeah. stitch them together yeah. to make it look like an interview. And everybody was like, what's he doing? And But but to some extent, you know, so, so Ezra is wrong there. And that's a that's journalistic malfeasance and it's not right. But to some extent, the conservatives have got to wake up and say, why are we interacting with this guy at all? Why are we returning his emails? And I understand that there's a there's a need to, um, you know have a large spectrum of alternative media on the right and left who are not just CBC, National Post, and Torstar. And that's that's a valid and important thing to have. But you can't be, you know feeding the wolves on the extreme edges of the media, <laughs> knowing the people that they that they kind of feed into. Um, or if you do, you've got to do it in a very prescribed and scripted way that doesn't let them play around with it. Yeah, you know, and 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 I don't know what's happened to Old Tool because, frankly, he gave some of those speeches at the beginning about wanting to be involved with everybody, and then in the last couple of weeks, he's made some missteps. He he made did he make a comment about like there should be no convicts who get vaccinated before everyday people do, and I kind of see what he's saying. But it's a stupid fight to pick, and it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't it doesn't appeal to the, I think the wide spectrum of people that he is trying to attract. It doesn't change minds, open minds to voting conservative.
1: Yeah, it's um, I think I you know it's as any any political party. It's obviously that there that they can be big tents. Uh, I'd say the conservatives have a big tent uh, movement. So kind of a coalition of of, of different um different ideologies within the right uh, but you can't just oppose things you actually have to come up with stuff and and Aaron I believe uh Aaron Mr. O'Toole um you know I think made some good value based uh comments uh friendly terms I, yeah we're on friendly <laughs> terms <laughs> for our for our viewers no we're not <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh sure. but, yeah um you know it's the challenge is is you have to provide something right and and i get it you know conservatives uh it is they do find it tough within the media and um i've heard some experienced conservatives say you know if you're willing to come out and be like yes i'm conservative get ready for some labels to be thrown at you and you're gonna wear it and um uh people like uh Trump and uh, some of the members of the Republican Party, I think, have deeply, deeply damaged the conservative brand. Uh, not just in the U.S., but in Canada, it's going to be hard. You know, what is what do Canadians generally consume? Is American media, and so it's going to be very hard for people with uh, you know politicians and the leader of the Canadian Conservative Party to walk um, uh, a line that you know properly separates that because I'm sure uh the opponents uh of the conservatives, namely the the federal liberals, will try to brand them as much as possible with that, that label.
0: I think there's no I think there's no doubt that <clears throat> labels get chucked onto conservatives and stick to conservatives in the media more than they do on the left hand side. I think you know, people say that like, oh he is just a socialist or a communist, but that for whatever reason that kinda of slides off their back and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And and yeah. there is an element of kind of the, the the left also engages in some of these, you know, practices of sane washing, you know, Hugo Chavez was an amazing leader kind of stuff, <laughs> which sometimes you hear and you have to do a double take, but it's not nearly as prominent. It's not nearly as kind of activist and uh, activist. It's very academic and it doesn't seem to impact. It doesn't seem to affect people in a kind of, I'd say, a blue collar working class environment. You may hear it from like university professors or professional activists talking about the glories of communism, if we can just get it right. But you don't hear a lot of kind of auto plant workers and farmers talking about that. Um, you you do hear yeah. those kind of on the right, the kind of extreme, more extreme narratives from, from those kind of people and not from the academics. And I don't know if that's just a matter of where we are with polarization and how kind of we're kind of uh redefining what the kind of boundaries are of our political spectrum but i think that there's a difference there that's important and that it's a much more severe problem on the
1: right than on the left well it, you know yes it is a problem it's also a thing i challenge the uh, members of the conservative party to, to consider this is Fight the battle that you have, not the one you wish for. So, if you know that there is potentially a bias within um, the media to the shade to the left, if you know that you know that there's certain labels that they're trying to brand you with, especially a political party, then act accordingly. You know, and don't give them the ammunition uh, to which to you know. Like, sometimes I feel the conservatives do a really good job of building a stick to give to like the federal liberals to beat them with right and, and here's a prime example you and i talked about it. i was pretty upset about it and not uh, like big times but it was um dr leslie lewis i you know i've uh i i appreciate her voice she did a really good job in running for the leadership um, but i feel that she did almost like this conservative dog whistle she she did a poke at bill gates out of nowhere uh, on Twitter saying we need you know because Gates uh, as you know if people know he's really big into looking for innovative technological solutions to climate change as far as he's concerned that's the only way we're going to get out of this right and it to be honest as party on the center right I think they should be championing that uh, a lot because if you get onto the left side of the spectrum it tends to it tends to be op- opposite to that, right? There's more of a Malthusian theme over there, and so Dr. Lesson Lewis is going on about um, or challenging uh, Gates. And questioning the spraying of sulfite particles in the sky to reduce Earth's capacity for plant farming, uh, you know, and impact the world's food, food supply chain, which is a Tunes like, proposal anyway. Well, it's like it's kind of like why are we going down this? Like you know, like uh, one, like yes, uh, we've seen cooling effects whenever volcanic activity has occurred. I've I've seen this talked about, but you know, the same people that oppose this are people on the left, like uh, Naomi Klein uh has talked about this you know and a lot of these anti-technology sentiments I find you know from the Greta Thunbergs and the left and all that and so why are we going down why are we attacking a guy like Bill Gates that has shown a tremendous amount of ingenuity human creativity uh you know Uh, done a tremendous, a lot of work in third world countries through charity, all the things that I feel like a center right party should be champion. I just, I don't get it. And uh, I've heard, you know, that there's conspiracies now with all this ridiculous COVID craziness, but uh, I, you know, we need to do better as a conservative party on that one.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that uh, part of that is, trying to define what the boundaries of and being really explicit about the boundaries of where your value system is. So if you take the, the, the accusation that a lot of kind of like conservative politicians in Canada or the U S get, you know, about being uh, a white, white supremacist or, you know, just, you know, anti whatever the, whatever the race kind of baiting term gets -hmm. thrown around I think you as a conservative have got to come out and denounce that a hundred percent say it's not the case. This is how I feel. But then when you have either staff or people hanging around you or media interactions with people who you recognize are friendly to those, those groups, you know, they're a, they're a link between you and those actual white supremacists, actual kind of um, natalist people uh you know white natalist people you've got to cut that off and you've got to denounce that too you don't get to just say oh the left doesn't get to call me a white supremacist but i can chum around about you know making fun of black guys at the bar with my friend that doesn't fly and that is the double standard that i think conservatives have a hard time living with is that they don't want the media to call them anything bad But they still want to have a nice boys trip, do whatever, you know, they do when they're out on the golf course. And you can't have that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you can't have that. You've got to live the values that you're trying to preach and the values you're trying to run on. Make them clear, make them explicit and live, live within them and then reject what is outside of them. And of course, there's going to be edge cases. There's always going to be edge cases, but every case isn't an edge case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, conservative government is at its best when it makes government boring. Um, You know, that is somewhat uh, technocratic in terms of providing sound, uh, you know, economic solutions uh, to moving our country forward. Sound tax taxpayer based policies, uh, you know, that put a little bit more money in people's pockets, helps, you know, make government efficient. And just generally supports families, and that d- definition of families, you know, in today's society, needs to be very broad. But it's it's about you know allowing people uh, to spend more time with those that they love, to contribute more in their community, you know, if they have children, to be more participatory uh, participant uh, within their children's lives, and uh, you know that's that's when conservatism at its best, and it it you know. I I think it needs to, uh, point of this podcast, right, is for us to to really look at, um, you know, and speak to a lot of people within the center right to go, okay, what is the conservative values? What does the future look like here? Um, I think there needs to be more conversations um, uh, about that and more conversations about that with people within the conservative element, not the people from the liberals or the NDP or whatnot. Taking pokes, it's got to be you know it's people that want to own this they've got to speak up.
0: Yeah, I I think totally, and I think they've got to be. I mean, I've never, I've never dabbled in politics. I've never you know had to balance the, you know, on a national scale. I've never you know had to work out a policy balance between urban and rural issues. But it's clear that the urban areas are much denser and have way more votes. So you can't just import your rural policies into the city and expect to find voters. You've got to find unique policies that apply to urban centers and pitch those and, and get behind them and, and be excited about them and not just say, oh, we're just going to cut the fat and and, you know, lower some lower taxes or whatever. People, you know, I've always, how do I, interesting anecdote. Lived, I lived in Denmark for, for four or five months, huge tax rate. I think when I was there, I think it was 25% GST, essentially, wow. uh, huge taxes. Um, and then if you buy a vehicle, it's like an extra 50%. And so everybody just goes to Germany to buy their cars and drive back up. And that's the EU in a nutshell. But But the funny thing is, is you talk to people there and they say, I don't have problems paying taxes because I see the value that I'm paying for. I see my kids getting free, you know, daycare. I spend a lot more time with my family. I spend a lot, you know, I don't have to worry about them falling out of society because and falling through the cracks. So I'm not sitting here, you know, saying that we need to adopt like a nanny state, all-inclusive padded cell thing. But I think people don't mind paying taxes when they see what they're getting. The problem we always have in Canada is for the middle class, Taxes keep going up and fucking nothing changes. Right. It's not like it's not like it's it's not like, you know, my job prospects have gotten better. It's not like housing has gotten cheaper. It's not like daycare is more available. It's not like there's fewer homeless and you know, we're not taking care of homeless and drug abuse and, and, and addiction issues. So what are we doing? Taxes go up five percent. I I should expect somebody in the spectrum's lifestyle should go up by at least five percent right <laughs> like you would expect that i but know you would don't expect
1: that. that right yeah yeah it takes uh it takes a miracle to build anything and you know <laughs> we debated a thousand and, and times i think, and I think and that's, that's the uh, thing
0: if you get i mean it's old it's before kind of like i uh, certainly before i was around you know the idea of like the, the the Canada Health Act and 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 putting you know a public a fully public health care system we all take it for granted now, but at some point people had to get behind it and say this is a system we want to build and that we're proud of and has an outcome that we're willing to pay for and I think we need policies that can convince people to get behind them. They don't have to be you know handouts to people they can be big engineering projects they can be big transit and infrastructure projects Ugh. they can be training programs yeah. or, or 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 you know uh, rebuilding up kind of trade schools and those kind of skill sets in the population but motivate people get them behind you and stop passing the buck and just saying that oh, it's the last you know it's the last government's problem
1: yeah and you know you I can't believe you, as a typical Canadian, just took us down the Scandinavian dream
0: <laughs> podcast. What no, episode number one? And here we go on. the yeah, Canadian. Yeah. Let's, oh, let's just become, just become Sweden. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah Got to become Sweden. Uh, uh, apparently, in the COVID time, that's the last thing we want. But uh, you know, you think about it, and this is this 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 weird thing with conservatism is um, is it is it just a name? Like you know, what are we conserving? Like if you think of the the like the liberal, um, almost like post nation product that has been built over time, and that you you would kind of think that is almost something that is championed by uh, Justin Trudeau. This is kind of this conversation between the anywheres and the somewheres. You know, no borders, global, um, a, a global. State live you know live anywhere work anywhere whatnot and then you come to you talk about nation building and 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 con- so how does conservatism fit into that you know this is this is that in- interesting comment this is getting away from uh that tax conversation and this is kind of you know I thought I saw some inklings of this when uh um, you know the opposition leader Tool uh took it on was. You know what is that like what nation building things are we going to be this proud canadian nation how do we define that how what unifies us is there going to be some um railroad project or some energy-based project you know it, it, like like even like it, it's sometimes if you really scratch at it you kind of go wait a minute this is weird oh, the whole thing about the cbc you know again there's an element of dog whistling. I get that. You know, there can be very much an argument about that. There is a bias within a lot of the CBC that is favors the, favors the left, not as particularly friendly to the conservative. And there is uh, a number of programming done by the CBC where you're like, really, is that really a value? Do really Canadians?
0: Yeah, but they're gonna get in with you're gonna. They're gonna get in right on the fifth try. <laughs> Anna Green Gables the fifth the fifth reiteration is going to be the best
1: one. It. It's going to get it. But if I if I'm not mistaken the conservatives back in the day created the CBC because it was creating a common language uh, amongst a very regionally diverse country. It is a nation, it is a like it is conservatives to me when I see when I, when I hear the word conservatism it's a lot of it is conserving institutions that are the foundation to a country and if we think of you know uh you know good governance peace good governance order and all that how does a conservative government fit into that and let's you know let's think about the the projects and the things that we need to do taxes will become a part of that where they need to increase or decrease to support those things but um you know, I sometimes wonder if Sir John A. was really talking a lot about taxes uh, when he was talking about a national railroad project. Like, w- w- did he lead off with taxes? I don't think so. So it's uh, <laughs> bringing up that historical element.
0: Yeah, but we can't, we're not allowed to, you, you haven't got the memo. We're not allowed to talk about John A. <laughs> McDonald anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the yeah. racist camp. I have to expunge, expunge. you now. <laughs> well, we'll have to get into that issue <clears throat> another time. We're out of time now, yeah. but uh, we'll definitely have that conversation. I think we've got we'll a guest or two who might uh, be able to speak to that lineup. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Thanks, take Steph. care. You have a good one.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Unbound. If you enjoyed our conversation, the best way you can help us continue it is to give us a like and a five-star review wherever you get podcasts it'd go a long way to help us grow our user base and include more and more people in our conversation. See you next time.